Okay, will you count me down? Yep. You're going to hear me flipping papers this time. Oh, I like it. It's like <laughs> natural sound. <clears throat> Hello? Hello? Do you hear yourself? I can hear myself. Okay, you ready? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> you okay? Yeah. <laughs> Three, two, one. Welcome to The Peaceful Truth, the podcast where we talk about everything from women empowerment, feminism, and everything in between. I'm joined by my co-host, Megan Hohart, and myself, Kenzie Meekbeck. And yay! Welcome to episode 17. Oh my gosh. Oh my goodness. We should do something big for our 20th birthday. Or our 100th birthday. We should do something crazy. Oh, we're going crazy at 100. <laughs> um, how was your week, Maggie? My week was really good. Wednesday was my last day as a CPA. How are you feeling? What are you feeling? What are you thinking? I feel excited and nervous and wondering if I made the right decision. But I think that's natural. I think that these are all natural feelings. Exactly. This is a ginormous career change. And so I think that this is all normal. And I start my new job tomorrow, Monday. I'm so proud of you. Thanks, girl. So Wednesday, they had a really nice happy hour for me to say goodbye. Not goodbye. See you later. And um, my all of my coworkers came in. It was a really great um, send off party. And then Thursday. Oh, girl. Thursday was a big day. What happened Thursday? I legally changed my name back to Hoarts. Yes. Yes, Queen. Yes. So I, whenever I applied for my job that I moved to Seattle for, I don't know why. I was a total idiot. I could have shown my passport and my name would have been Hoarts. But for some reason, I chose to so show my social security card because you know how you have to show proof of employment and those are your two options. For some reason, I was an idiot and showed my social security card that had my married name. And so then I had to effing live with my married name at work. And I was so like, I think what was going on in my mind was that I just wanted to get to Seattle so fast. It was just like, I didn't even think about it. Like it was literally bottom on my list of things to think about. So I was just like, oh, here, this is my proof of employment. They're like, okay, Megan. And then, mm. so then I had to live with my married name. And so now everything is Hoharts. I am nice. so excited and I'm never changing my name again. And Desmond is totally fine with it. Great. Uh, yeah, we shouldn't have to. But if you feel like it. Good. If you feel like it. Yeah, I think it's a case by case, whatever you want to do. And I also talked to Des about I know we say we're not going to have kids because right now in our lives, we don't want kids. But I mean, I think that could always change in like 10 years. And um, about ha hyphenating a kid's last name. So it would be Hoharts Young. And Kinsey does not like it. And neither does Chelsea. Chelsea was like, don't do it. And I was like, I kind of, it's not fair. I mean, I, uh, that's a long one. Meekbeck is pretty concise, but that's kind of a long one. Hoharts Young is long. Hoharts is a long last That's name. like a dozen characters, a dozen plus characters. It's a long one, but it's honestly like if I have a kid and my husband's name is Young and my kid's name is Young. I feel, feel weird. Out. Yeah, no, it's it's like a weird cultural thing. Like, I don't know if it's like 
necessarily like it's just how unfortunately society chose that like not unfortunately it's just they chose one um because male were men were in power for forever still are mainly but yeah no it's i mean but it's like i debate whether i would take my husband's name my if, even Future if I, husband. well even if i have one you yeah. know like i don't know if i will but my uh if i do have a husband i don't know if i would change my name or not but like I would kind of feel like I would like to match my kids last name Mm -hmm. and just like keep the hereditary keep going like for like chronological and like like not chronological for what's the word I'm thinking of for like documenting it properly so Mm -hmm. you can kind of look it up and stuff and you're for history purposes. you could hyphenate with your husband's last name and then they could have two hyphens in their last name that's the joke everyone makes sorry me like <laughs> hyphen whatever chelsea's would be me is it meek dash beck yeah um so chelsea's would be meek dash beck dash roni mm. that's a lot <laughs> i don't even know if you can do that do you think you could? I think he could. Damn. Um, is Meek your mom's name or your dad's name? Meek is mom. Beck is dad. Yeah. I think Hoharts Young sounds better than Young Hoharts. Yeah. <laughs> young Hoharts just sounds like you're talking about young a little, a little uh, Hoharts that is young. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's kind of true. So I talked to Des about it and he said he was... He was like a little bit hesitant, but then he was like, I don't really care. And he was like, we're not going to have kids anyway. So I don't know why we're talking about this. I was like, true. But what if an accident happened or what if like 10 years from now we're like, oh, never mind. Yeah. I just wanted to put it out there to see what he thought because it's a little bit of a deal breaker for me. What? Having my kids hyphenated. Like if he were to say, no, their name has to be young. I may not be with him. That's a deal breaker. A little bit. Hmm. I don't know how I would feel. After I went through what I went through changing my name, I just, a name means a lot to me now. And so it's powerful. A name is powerful. I get it. So Thursday I changed my name. Oh my gosh. Social security office, driver's license office, the bank. You can't even list all the places that you got to go. So, but I didn't even care. I was so excited. And then Friday I... Can I go back to the name thing real fast to list another example I just thought of? You know, the family I was telling us about last week that encourages their son to do whatever. Yes. They made up, they like combined parts of their name to make up their last name. So it's not hyphenated. They just created a new last name together. And so the husband and the wife and the kids all have this new created last name. Yeah, it's called, it's Sacconi Jolie. And one was Jolie and one was Sacconi, Sacconi Jolie. Oh, that's cool. Uh, but like, I think it would take a different name to have that. Or what if we just created new last names when you got married that you both thought of? Mm-hmm. And then that's the new one. So yeah. no one has to take it. That's true. That's a good idea, too. Yeah. I don't know. Um, and then Friday, I planned I'm doing I'm co-hosting a workshop, a yoga workshop. And so we planned it out. We spent a good three hours jotting that baby down and getting it down. So my really good friend from yoga teacher training is going to teach and I'm going to play the harmonium. Good. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Is that Finding Freedom Yoga? Yeah, it's Finding Freedom Yoga. <laughs> I love her. What's her real name? Maggie. Uh, Maggie. Hi, Maggie. <laughs> I'm sorry I didn't know your real name, but I see, I like feel like I just know her and that's like her name in my head. 
Yeah, you always, whenever you ask me, you're always like, are you with Finding Freedom Yoga right now? I'm like, yes, I'm with Finding Freedom Yoga. That's your, Maggie, instant- your handle is now your real name in my head. <laughs> well, at least it's a good name. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. a great name. Um, and so that was Friday. And then Saturday, we went out for Kinsey's birthday. I'll let you talk about it. Yeah, so we went out for my birthday last night and like, I'm lucky, like, with my family, mainly with Chelsea, um, like, by osmosis, oftentimes we develop each other's friends and we kind of take them in and we become a giant friend group. So by osmosis, I have a lot of new friends now and a lot of them came out to support and it was so sweet that everyone came out. Yeah, it was a great night. Yeah, so, like, 10 people came out and made me feel really special. So thanks, everyone who came. And we went out to eat in Be- Bellevue 520 Bar and Grill, which is delicious food. Really and they made good. it really special. Mm-hmm. They really did. They brought out a free birthday shot, I think. Mm-hmm. And then three different desserts. They put balloons on your chair. They put balloons on my chair. They sang. It was really sweet. And um, and then we went out just to the W and we found our own little corner that was really quiet compared to the rest of the club. And we just drank our drinks and sat in our corner and could hear each other and just relax for a little Mm -hmm. bit. That's all I wanted. Yeah. It was a great time meeting with great people. Yeah. I didn't want a club. I just, you know what I mean? Just wanted to be outside. Yeah. It was really good. I'm glad that you thought of to do that. Yeah. So, um, my birthday is actually Tuesday. I'll be 26. The big two six. Four years away. (laughs) Um, I like how that's how Megan and I like count age. Um, what are we going to do when we actually hit 30? Then we're counting down to 40? I guess. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I I feel like I'm going to be so sad to turn 30. I don't think. I don't know. I mean, I don't. I feel like birthdays are less special the older you get. Mm-hmm. You know? Oh, for sure. But it's just like, I don't know. But people made it special yesterday, which is nice. We should purposely try to make people's birthdays special as they get older. I try to do that in people's lives. I try my best to make my f- my family and friends feel special on their day. But yeah, because um, whenever I think about my mom's birthday, it's just like happy birthday, mom. I love you. And then we'll go to dinner. Mm-hmm. It's just nice. It's nice to go to dinner, but it should be like the whole shebang, like you, like we did for you. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna make a conscious effort to do that. Yeah, for sure. Um. So yeah, but then last week was very busy we recorded monday and then but it was good recorded monday i went out on tuesday on wednesday i went to a therapist i'm so so proud of you i'll publicly speak about it to raise awareness even though i get like nervous about it but i went to a therapist and it was good and i'm gonna try to keep seeing her um she's kind of like she likes to test her relationships with her patients. So like she calls it like her first few appointments, like we're getting to know each other and see if we both feel like this is a good fit. So I like that, that it's more like a relationship where you get to know each other, Mm -hmm. you know? So we did that. Um, And then Thursday I took a night to relax because I just feel like I've been so busy, which was nice. And then Friday explored Capitol Hill and then Saturday went out. So, yeah. Oh, and we had Boo, which is uh, one of our friend's daughter. That's her nickname. Come out and uh, stay the night. And then we went to the zoo with her yesterday and we did a whole list of things she wanted to do, like a bucket list for her 
uh, sleepover with us. Yeah, you guys were on top of it. I mean, they did crafts. They did Halloween projects. They picked leaves. They went to the zoo. They took her to McDonald's. Like, I was like, what did you guys do? And then y'all listed stuff for like a good 10 minutes. I was like, dang, that sounds like the best slumber party ever. We played card games. We did puzzles. Y'all watched a Halloween movie? Mm-hmm. Perfect. Yeah. I love little kid things. They make holidays. Kids make holidays feel special again. Oh, for sure. You know, like birthdays and Mm -hmm. Halloween and Christmas. They just make it like I love kids because they just make life. I feel like more celebratory. Definitely. So she's adorable. And she wrote me a handwritten birthday card and it literally made my whole life. Oh, it's like all spelled wrong. It's adorable. It's the cutest thing with this long note that probably took a long Long time time to write. And I told her mom last night, Christina, and Christina was like, oh, yeah, she does that. Oh, (laughs) so cute. Um, Before we get started, I also wanted to talk about the sweatshirt that I'm wearing. It says love greater sign hate. So love is greater than hate. All of the proceeds went to the Las Vegas victims. Oh, really? Yep. And so I got it from the shop forward. And the shop Are forward. Are they still selling them? Yep. They're still selling them. And they're selling sweatshirts and hats and shirts and everything. So everything that says love is greater than hate goes to Las Vegas. So the shop forward is a organization where they choose a charity or somewhere to donate the money to that they raise from each of their items and so it'll tell you okay you're purchasing this and this is where the money is going so nice I need to get one of those Mm -hmm. plus I just like the slogan anyway I know that's That's a good one that's good it goes along with our themes Mm -hmm. okay so here let me move my laptop to be in the middle because Megan and I took several notes Megan forgot her laptop so literally on pieces of paper so if you hear flipping through paper if you're just listening (laughs) I went old school yeah okay moving over the the laptop okay Ooh, and by the way Shouts out to Brie, one of our friends who bought me this candle. It smells delicious. I freaking love candles. And Maggie got me perfume. I just feel like I'm the best smelling gal in all the <laughs> world. <laughs> okay, cool. So let's get into it. Um, I guess first, we wh- what we want to do, I guess, started off with that this, this whole podcast we're like relating it back to a specific incident, but we're talking about elements of it that uh, women have to go through and experience and just breaking it down about cultural things. Would you kind of describe it like that? Yep. So we're going to be talking about um, systemic sexism and some events that are happening in our world that are happening right now. And so this, we will be talking about sexual harassment and rape. And so this could be a triggering episode. Yeah. We wanted to say if you're triggered um, if you're a victim or just triggered, please um, tune in next week. We will continue to fight the fight. Mm-hmm. So uh, just know that we're trying to fight for you. Um, but this is, we wanted to give a shout out though to Seth Myers for speaking out as a dude, um, to, for fighting hard and, um, 
you know, just speaking out, which actually means a lot. I know it's not a lot, like no offense to him. It's not a lot just to say this is wrong, Mm -hmm. but like it means a lot because I feel like a lot of men don't have the balls to do that. Right. And we watched his YouTube clip or I watched his YouTube clip like a good five times this morning, just over and over watching it because he made so many really good points. Yeah. We have Annie in here. She's so cute. She wants to be one of the Goyles. So, yeah. So, shouts out to Seth Meyers. Um, so, I guess let's get into who specifically we're kind of taking on today. Mm-hmm. Um, so, do you want to kind of list what he did and who he is? Yes. So, it is Harvey Weinstein. <laughs> Steen. God. Megan, like, cannot pronounce his name. I keep on saying Harvey Weinstein. It's like the Bernstein Bears. Oh, my God. Like conspiracy theory. And I just cannot get it through my head. My God. I'm going to call him Harvey. Is that okay? Yeah, just call him Harvey. Okay. So it's about Harvey. And he is very much... Not the hurricane, but the sexual predator. Yep. He remind me he's a producer. Yeah. Producer in the movie in Hollywood industry. So he is super big in the Hollywood industry. He has been nominated for 300 Oscars and has won 81 Oscars. Some of his works include Pulp Fiction, Shakespeare in Love, and Kinsey was like, pretty much every movie that we like, he's probably been part of. So he's super high up in the industry. And he is. it has come into light um, recently, 25 accusations of sexual harassment against actresses models women that he's worked with in in the industry and that number's going up including three accusations of rape so to preface this like just so we don't have to say it over and over we it's accusations it's not confirmed um so even though it's kind of damning, <laughs> the evidence is pretty damning, um, he is not officially convicted, so we're not officially throwing him under that bus, but the evidence is pretty damning. Yep. Um, okay, so I guess uh, another, some other just topics around him. So more than two dozen women, and this is from a BBC article, among those actresses are Angelina Jolie, Gwyneth Paltrow, Rose McGowan. 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 Who, what is she in? I'm having a brain fart. You would recognize her. She's beautiful. Oh, cool. Um, I can't think of anything that she's in. Have made accusations against him. This is from BBC, including rape and sexual assault. Um, the New York Times reported that he paid off accusers uh, for decades. His wife left him this week. And um, yeah, so we wanted to kind of go into, I guess, some of these actresses. Uh, We wanted to make a point. It took a long time for it to come out. We're not victim blaming. We're just saying, like, how can we empower women to feel comfortable and safe? Because they're the victims. We don't know what they went through. We don't know how tough it was to come out like we shouldn't blame them but how can we empower them to come out sooner so we just wanted to make a point of how long this has been going on so you had a point about Gwyneth Paltrow you wanted to make yep so Gwyneth Paltrow is coming out and saying that when she was 22 and you researched it she's 46 now five 45 now so this is many years ago um that she's finally coming out and I think that this is beautiful and strong of her to come out and say this to the public 
Um, she says that Harvey placed hands on her and suggested that they go back to his room together for massages. Another person I don't think that we've mentioned yet is Ashley Judd. Mm -hmm. So she had a similar experience saying that Harvey suggested massages or for her to watch him take a shower. So that seems to be a rep- his sexual assault, and so this is definitely probably a trigger. We're going to kind of go into what he actually did. Um, he would touch them, make them touch him, or allegedly all of this. Um, watch him in the shower was a repeated thing. Uh, massages was a repeated thing. He, like, had a system. And fetishes, it seems. Yep. Um so I wanted to make another point that, yeah, it, t- it took a long time for it to come out. Um, but I feel like if people come out, feel empowered to come out, I'm not victim blaming, but if people feel empowered to come out as soon as possible, we, maybe we can prevent this quicker from other women being assaulted. Um, like Cara Delevingne, um, is that how you pronounce her name? Delevingne? I don't know Cara how you De- pronounce her name. She's a very current uh, figure. Not that Gwyneth isn't. She's just much younger and just starting her career more than Gwyneth is. Um, and she she experienced this like a few years ago. So it's like this stuff's still happening. It's still relevant. You know, like we need to not forget about it. You know, like it happened 20 years ago to Gwyneth Paltrow. And now it's happening just a couple of years ago to Kara. And so thinking of that time span between those. And we don't even know if Gwyneth is the first one. Right. And so just thinking of that time span and how many people, women he could have affected negatively is kind of mind blowing. And we're about to like go into definitions of like what he actually did and break it down in like terms um, to kind of rationalize this and figure out, not rationalize, but make sense of it, I guess. So we can kind of attack it better. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yep. Um, so some other men that are famous and this is examples of systemic se- sexism. And I'll just define that right now before we go into it. Um, but it's, so systemic means like it's status quo. It's often a part of like identity or culture. So it's systemic. It's like patriarchy. Um, and it's a system. So obviously a system and then sexism. So it means like the system of sexism and misogyny that continues to occur. So examples of this include Donald Trump, uh, President Trump, um, accusations of sexual assault, which have not uh, been prosecuted and have not gone further, which I'm not for sure why. We don't know the behind the scenes of that. Trump, um, another thing is locker room talk. And that was his rationalization for the very famous clip and audio that came out um, saying that because he's like a big wig and well-known, he can women, he can touch women and do things, you know. Yep. And then he rationalized it by saying, oh, that all men do this. This is locker room banter. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's um, it's making it... It's rationalizing it and it's just making it a part of society, you know, and men look up to these young men look up to these men. They're role models because they're big figures. Mm -hmm. Therefore, we need to call them out for it and we need to hold them accountable. So men, younger men don't have to don't learn from this and don't think it's okay. 
um, like Trump speaks at um, Boy Scouts of America rallies and stuff like that and mm-hmm. meetings. And then are they going to think that, you know, this kind of degrading speech towards women is okay because it's normal and it's part of the locker room and it's part of being one of the men and it's it's getting into their heads that maybe, oh, this is okay to talk like this. Yeah. And then Cosby, sexual assault and allegedly drugged women. And then Roger Allies. All these, there's several more <laughs> uh, people out there, but these are just some examples. So, Meg, I guess you wanted to go into, we wanted to go into him being a predator, right? Harvey Harvey being a predator. I also wanted to go into, we, we talked about how Trump rationalized his behavior oh, yeah. and how Harvey also rationalized his behavior. He is quoted as saying, I came of age in the 60s and 70s when all of the rules about behavior and workplaces were different. That was the culture then. And so he's rationalizing it by saying, hey, this is this was normal in the 60s and 70s. And that's when I came into this business and came of age. And so what I did wasn't out of the ordinary, I think, is what he's really trying to portray. But what's wrong with that quote the flaw, the huge flaw and wrongness of that being a rationalization is even if that's the culture you that should that shouldn't be what you go by it's it doesn't make what you did any less wrong mm-hmm. and then another quote was from i believe it was his lawyer he said that harvey is an old dinosaur learning new ways what does that even what does that even mean uh, yeah, so it was was okay back then. Right. Which I would like to argue too. Was it? I mean, no, it's never been okay. It wasn't okay in the 60s. It's not okay now. It's, it's never, never been, been okay. okay. It wasn't okay caveman times. It was right. never effing okay. Um, okay, so let's define rationalized behavior though. So what does this mean Like rational to rationalize something? This is from Wikipedia. I know that's not the most reliable source, but it is a good definition. So in psychology and logic, rationalization um, is a defense mechanism in which controversial behaviors or feelings are justified and explained in seemingly rational or logical manner to avoid the true explanation and are made consciously tolerable. I think it just boils down to it kind of goes back to what we were talking about last week with Jason Kessler and how you need to look at yourself and take and take blame for and recognize internally that, okay, what I did was wrong rather than being like, oh, I did this because of this, this and this. And I'm I'm not the one at fault here or do you get what I'm saying a little bit? Absolutely. No, 100%. And that goes also back. This all just links together and is like handholding. Like all of this links together. But male entitlement, mm-hmm. which is male privilege. And just like the feeling of invincibility, I feel like, or that you deserve something because that's how it has been. You know, Um So I wanted to kind of go into that, like male entitlement and what I was talking about to make this morning, like a lot of times we feel guilty for certain things or doing certain things. We apologize in the workplace. Women naturally feel like that. And there's a lot of scenarios like either in sexual encounters with men and dating, you just kind of feel bad and guilty for things. And men never feel that way. 
mm-hmm. or oftentimes. I don't want to, you know, paint a large paintbrush and I know men are different, but it's a thing. Mm-hmm. And speaking of male entitlement as well, was Seth Meyers mentioned in his clip was that Harvey feels invisible, invincible and he is already planning his comeback. And he's already saying, oh, I'll be back next year. He was fired from his own company and he's already planning to say, oh, next year I'll do this, this and this. And it's like, you're you're, done. You feel so entitled that you're going to say, I'm going to be back and I'm coming back strong. That's how entitled that you feel. You're done. Right. He like can't comprehend that he's done. It just is disgusting. Um, okay, so let's go into the predatory nature of what he's being like. Um, so a predator, and it's kind of bullying too, um, is kind of like a predator. Um, he's, they're inclined or, and this is from the Merriam-Webster dictionary, it's inclined or intended to injure or exploit others for personal gain or profit. So do you want to go into the recording a little bit? Yep. So... This morning, Kenzie and I listened to the recording and it was... Do you want to explain the background of, I guess, the recording? Yeah, for sure. So the New Yorker obtained audio of Harvey um, speaking to a woman in a hotel. And it was very clear that the woman did not want to be in his hotel room and did she made it very clear that she felt uncomfortable she said I'm uncomfortable multiple times on multiple occasions and Harvey would respond with things such as you're embarrassing me and don't embarrass me I'm a famous man he was using his power and saying stuff like they know me in this hotel and just kept on trying to um kind of you mentioned it felt like he was trying to be the victim. Like, don't embarrass me. Come into my room. It's mm-hmm. only only stay for five minutes. Just stay for five minutes. And she kept on saying no. It's manipulative. Mm-hmm. And she kept on saying, no, I'm uncomfortable. And she, one time she even mentioned, you know, last night you touched my breast and I felt completely uncomfortable. And then he went on to say, I'm not going to do anything. I'm not going to do anything. Um, he said, I'm not going to do anything. I swear on my children. What a prick. I'm sorry. I'm going to say the word prick. What a freaking prick. Isn't that crazy? Another thing. If this is him. Allegedly. Although allegedly. But what a freaking prick. Right. And he went on after she said, I think she mentioned it again. You know, last night I was so uncomfortable. You touched my breast. And he said, oh, sorry. I'm used to that. I'm used to that. Male entitlement. Systemic sexism. It's, it was an insane rationalized behavior recording. I also wanted to break it down too, but you've touched on it. So embarrassing, like saying it, he's, she's embarrassing him, not only manipulative, but he's making himself the victim in this situation. Mm -hmm. It's manipulation to F with a woman's mind. Do you not think we're smart enough to break down what you're doing? Right. And then he's saying, um, he brought up the fact that he was famous and that yeah. the hotel knows him. Which is using power. Mm-hmm. Um, asking, he also asked her to have a drink, which makes her senses less sharp. Yeah. It's a predator behavior. That is like, he's attacking someone. He's making them their victim. He just feels like a spider. 
mm-hmm. you know, I just put myself in this woman's shoes and I've got to applaud her because she was so adamant saying, I'm uncomfortable. I don't want to be here. I don't want to do this. And I just wonder what I would be like in that situation. As a woman, like they're, they're mentally there. I don't think there is a difference, but there's undeniably biological differences between a man and a woman that makes us be here today. Um, so typically I do feel physically intimidated by men. So mm-hmm. it's like a physical thing. Like you don't know how you're going to react. It's, it's terrifying, you know, like they could hurt you. And just, I would feel in that situation, I would feel so powerless. And he's, he has the power. He's, there's several women who have come out that we don't even know that are famous. And they said he ruined their career. So there could have been these women with these flourishing careers and it's also like showing like how it's hard for women to climb mm-hmm. in careers. And these women could have been like the other Angelina Jolie could have been a Jennifer Aniston. It didn't mean to make that <laughs> comparison, but you know what I mean? It could have, it, it could have been anything. Mm-hmm. And so these women that are coming forward that say that he halted their career or completely stopped his career. Um, are they saying since she, since they would say no and since they wouldn't yeah. go to the room? So if they refused his advances, these accusers, they their career got destroyed. Because he wouldn't have them in the movies that he was producing mm-hmm. if they said no to him? Or like talk shit to other people that he knew. Oh. He won he, his movies, nominated again, 300 Academy Awards, 81 wins. I just have to say, though... Like this amount of women, he has a team. A lot of times it was arranged by his team to like bring in women into these situations. Allegedly. This had to have been on some level known by people. You know? Mm-hmm. By people on his team, you mean? Yeah. This had to be known. I, it, or in Hollywood. This had to be kind of known. Mm-hmm. Like people talk. Right. This had to be a well-known thing, and it took this long to stop. I wonder who the first woman was to come out. Yeah, we do, we need a research. Whoever did that, you're brave. You're a badass. And all the women that are coming out now, too. Yeah. And it, we're not victim-blaming. It's just like, how can we change society? They clearly felt scared their careers would go down the tube, which is a thing women have to deal with. And this also proves for the people that deny sexism isn't a thing or deny that feminism is stupid – this is why we have to do it. It's occurring. It ruined women's careers. Like, this is why we have to do it. It not only ruined their careers, but and can they're you imagine emotional. living with that? Yeah. Like, we have to speak out. We ha- That's why we have this podcast. It's why it's relevant. Mm-hmm. Um, so, we also wanted to talk about a woman... A very famous woman and her tweet. Um, so Lindsay Lohan. There's so many tweets that I want to talk about. Let's talk about Lindsay Lohan's tweet first. Okay. And this pisses me off. Um, he's never harmed me or done any. And I don't know if this is in a tweet or some other thing. I got this from a New Yorker article. And, but I've heard it in the news that she's said stuff like this. He's never harmed me or done anything to me. So I think everyone needs to stop. What? 
You don't know what other women went through just because it didn't happen to you. And as a woman, you are hindering women. Mm-hmm. Like you are attacking your own kind. You know, it's just like, do you get what I mean? Like, like she has no right to say that. I don't know. Talk about the opposite of empowering other women. And this isn't a political thing like this like Seth Meyers mentioned like it's not political it's like we're calling out things that happen and accusations and like this shouldn't be political it's something that women go through and we should just as decent humans we should stop it so I want to now that we're going into a little bit of a political um field or part of this podcast I want to talk about Hillary Clinton and what happened with her. Look, and we're trying to show, like... We're trying to show that we are... Rational. Yes. <laughs> like, and logical. We're calling out Hillary Clinton now. Right. Which we've which we've called out Donald Trump in the past. And so what's come out is that Harvey has donated a lot of money to the Democratic Party. And um, he, including... Barack Obama's campaign as well as Hillary Clinton's campaign Mm -hmm. and it took Hillary multiple days to finally say something to the public about or outright like call it out you know mm -hmm. she might have said something subtle right but to outright it took her a lot longer than it should have and so that's just going to show money power Mm -hmm. can really influence politics on both sides yeah and like as a woman you should empower women Mm -hmm. and that shouldn't have been the case not that she hasn't fought the fight and gone through sexism herself I don't god knows what she's been through but at the same time you got to stand up all the time 24 Mm -hmm. 7 Mm -hmm. and so I'm curious if she's ever going to come out and say why it took her so long because I'm I'm reading her book right now Mm -hmm. and I really I enjoy her book. I'm going to say it. I voted for her in this past election. Do I think that she is a perfect person? Zero percent. Uh, she is not no, a well, perfect no person. No by one is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, and I don't, I don't agree with every single platform that she stood for, but that book and especially the section in, I'm in right now is all about what she's went through as a woman in politics, what she went through as a lawyer, because she was a lawyer. Which is legitimate. Mm-hmm. In her entire career, what she's faced as a woman in a male-dominated industries, multiple terms here, because she was a lawyer and now she's in politics. And for her to, for me to read multiple chapters about this, and then for her to take multiple days to come out and stand up for these women and empower these women is really let not only those women down, but it's let all women down. It's mm-hmm. let me down. It's let you down. It's let all of the women that have been affected by this terrible man. Or any form of sexual assault. Mm-hmm. And so I think that that I just really. Not good. It makes me sad. It does. Yeah. Um, we also wanted to talk. Now we're still talking about politics. So we called out d- people of the Democratic Party, which is, again, this isn't political. This is just wrong. We wanted to talk about what a Republican said. Mm-hmm. So do we want to go into that, too? Yep. So Sebastian Gorka, he was a deputy assistant to the U.S. President Donald Trump in 2017. Okay. He tweeted, which we should know. Sorry. 
think if Weinstein had obeyed VP Pence's rules for meeting with the opposite sex, none of these poor women would ever have been abused. And allegedly, Mike Pence's thing is that he never eats dinner alone with another woman unless it's his wife. And then Seth Meyers made the point... You shouldn't. I'm laughing because it's so ridiculous. You shouldn't not be able to have be alone with a woman and feel like that's the only thing stopping you from sexual assault. Is it not being in public? It's the most insane theory I've ever heard in my life. And I know that that's Mike Pence's theory is probably he doesn't want like women to like falsely say something about him. But anyway, you shouldn't be afraid of that. And that limits women from what? Going to meetings? That limits women in the workplace? If that's the philosophy, you can't be alone with a woman in a meeting room and not sexually assault her or something weird happening. Why can't I be alone with a man and it just be platonic? Why? Like, Mm -hmm. I go to meetings every day where I'm strictly alone in a meeting room with a man and nothing's ever happened. Uh, yeah, because that's how it should be. Yeah. <laughs> it's just I'm having a meeting with my coworker. Right. I'm discussing work. Exactly. It's insane. It's literally insane. Um, I think I wanted to make one more point, but it's not coming to me. You wanted to make the point about this tweet that if this was true and if men can never be alone with women without, you know, thinking about sexual harassment, then how are women ever going to advance in the workplace? Right. And uh, you referred to a religion, even though I don't like to attack religion, it's about women empowerment. And Mm -hmm. I just disagree uh, personally. And this is obviously an editorial podcast. So you wanted to kind of discuss the Mormon tradition? Yeah. So I honestly don't remember who I heard this story from, um, but it must have been at one of my jobs in the past. So there was, I think it was two Mormon men and then one woman that had to take a business trip together. And so the every single time for dinner, they all three would have to go together. And at one time, I... I may be getting the details of this confused, but the overall story I have correct. So one time one of the men was like, oh, I'm not going to go out tonight for dinner. And so then the woman asked the other man, he, well, do you still want to go to dinner? We can still, you know, go have a nice dinner. And the man replied and said, no, I can't be alone with you because you're not my wife. (laughs) It's like, what? What? How is our society so driven by sex that you can't even be in a public restaurant with another woman? You just know them and they're your coworker. You might enjoy their company. Right. As a person. Why can't you just sit with them? Right. I don't know. Like I'm friends with one of my coworkers. He's married, but I'm like good friends with him. We hang out and get lunch all the time. It's <laughs> and my dad does that too with one of his coworkers who's a female who's like one of his best friends in life. Like why does it have to be sexual? I, I don't have, know. Like, <laughs> like you can have a conversation with a man that is married and there can be no, anything about sex cannot. I mean, it doesn't have to I all be I just want to be sex. his friend. He's a nice dude. He's like. <laughs> you want to go to lunch with yeah. your friend? Yeah. It's absolutely ridiculous. So wrapping up, 
Um, so I don't want to victim blame and their victims. I don't know what they went through. Um, but how can we change culture? So women, Ooh, sorry, hiccups. <laughs> women feel empowered to uh, come out. Um, so why did it take so long? I, I just think it's culture. It's the position they were in. He was a powerful man. He had, he was a paid them off. He like made them be silent. He would destroy their career. So, how can we change the culture? We should encourage young men to speak out and men in general to speak out. Uh, men should change their minds about speaking out. And when they witness something or hear about alleged things happening, they should address it and take action. Um, and we should also, not only that, we should empower other women and try to make a culture change for the ability to speak up, which I feel like maybe it is changing. Like in 2017, a lot of stuff has come up about men like an old culture an old society and older men of like doing this for years so maybe it is changing and I just think we should be on this power of keep on let's keep on keeping on Mm -hmm. you know um so what do you do you have any thoughts on that um I think that women should feel empowered to come out and I also think that men should also feel empowered to stand up and to say hey I know that this is happening with so and so I mean like you mentioned earlier if this has been going on for 20 plus years you know it would be hard to imagine that his team didn't know about it and so just encouraging um men and women to stand up Mm -hmm. so what can men do take action stand up like change culture and be a feminist and uh, the definition of feminist it has a negative connotation which sucks for some people but feminist is any sex just standing up for sexism in general Mm -hmm. I think that it's also important we talked about this earlier but I think it is important to um, embed a culture or an idea in younger boys and younger men to say this isn't normal. This isn't locker room banter. Um, and to, from a young age, instill in boys that girls are equal and to treat them with re- the respect that everybody deserves. Okay. What's our positive quote? Our positive quote is from Madeline Albright. And she says, it took me quite a long time to develop a voice. And now that I have it, I am not going to be silent. Okay, ladies, we empower you. We love you. We'll stick up for you. Perfect. Kenzie, what's your good thing for the week? Um, My birthday's on Tuesday. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect, easy one. My good thing is that I start my new job on Monday, tomorrow. And um, my best friend Charlotte's parents are coming into Seattle, and we're going to dinner with them tomorrow. That's so exciting. That's awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Well, we love you. We empower you. um, And thanks for listening. Subscribe, like, the typical things. Do everything. Okay. Bye. Bye.